for Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Harp White, and it's been a while since you've heard my voice on the podcast. And today we have a special guest, uh, almost a brother from another mother in some aspects, uh, Rod Reed, who is the, I guess, the originator, front man of Force Indy. It's a, it's a race team that has just been launched by the, help me out, it's the IndyCar Series uh, creation. And it will be, right, right. and it will be uh, headquartered in all places, Concord, just outside of Charlotte. And uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Rod. And I guess the first question is, outside of that brief introduction about Force Indy, give our listeners an idea of what this is all about and why North Carolina, instead of the capital of open wheel racing at least in North America, Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, Herb, thank you for uh, uh, inviting me on the the, uh, podcast. I am um, a huge, as you just said, uh, open wheel race race fan, and I've been involved in motorsports since I was in my 20s, which uh, I'm I'm glad to say, uh, you know, here I am about almost 40 years later, uh, still involved in it. But the the idea of... uh, Force Indy came about from a conversation that I happen to have with uh, Roger Penske, uh, as we all know of the, the famed Team Penske, uh, probably the most successful race car team in America. And we talked about my background and the program that I have when I that I work with young people, 11 to 16-year-olds, and I introduced them to motorsports via go-kart racing. And um, that program is called NXT Youth Motorsports. So we operate that program at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And as we were going through the change from the Holman family who owned the Speedway to Roger Penske purchasing the Speedway and the IndyCar Series, there was this notion that we're excited about you guys being here. Why did I not know about this? Why did I know not know that there was someone targeting the African American market for for building relationships and enthusiasts in motorsports? And I said, well, part of it is that motorsports has not necessarily embraced it uh, as a whole. And what we were doing on the local level certainly could apply to a national program. And uh, he got pretty excited about what we were doing and said, you know, I'd really like to uh, to support that program. The more we talked, and he found out that I had been in racing and had owned a team at one time, um, he said, what is it that is your dream? What's your vision? And I said, I would love one day to have a team that was predominantly black. You know, everybody uses diverse, but I'm talking about having people – uh, that look like me in all positions of the race team. Ownership, of course, the driver, everybody likes the black driver, if you will, mm-hmm. but mechanics and engineers and others in the 
in the paddock and in the garage and in the office. And, um, and he said, hey, let's talk about that and let's put together a program that you think might fit within what they were doing, uh, this race for uh, equality and change. So that's how, that was the genesis of it. And um, uh, he was able to put his uh, support behind it and especially from using um, his assets to the best of his ability that included human assets. Um, and what we decided to do was that we would get off the ground with mentorship from his, some of his guys, and they're based right there in North Carolina. And of course, you know, uh, so Team Penske has a, a spot in um, their main uh, shop is in Mooresville. Uh, but we're working out of a, a small, what's called its Heritage Center, which is there in Concord. Yeah. So uh, that's why we're there. And the intent, Herb, is to get back to Indy. Uh, as you say, it's the sports capital. Indianapolis is the, the open wheel sports capital of the world, so to speak. And um, uh, we want to be based here. So we'll be back here at the end of the season. We just wanted to get that tutelage from, from uh, Team Penske while we were down there. So now when you talk about the relationship with uh, Team Penske, and obviously Roger Penske is, uh, uh, like you said, he may be the most successful race team owner, uh, entrepreneur, just all-around motorsports uh-huh. guy ever. I mean, because he's, he's done it all. He's, he's had experience from Formula One down to NASCAR and everything. But even when you look at something like this, you talk about a team that is uh, the, the the mindset is black folks top to bottom in the organization. Uh, tell me a bit about why somebody like Roger Penske, who is not black, you know, he's quite white, eighty three years old, and he's from a different generation. Why would this dude take an interest in what you're cooking up? Well, I tell you, I, I think he, and he said this publicly, that he was really moved by something that I said to him when I invited him out to watch our kids um, in the go-karts. And and you can imagine that this guy has been all over the world and to, uh, you know, come into his backyard, which is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, on one of the parking lots and see a group of, you know, I think it was probably 14, 15 kids that were dressed in uniforms and helmets and they were all dark skinned, you know, girls and boys. And uh, I think that alone was probably a surprise. And then we talked about why there were not more, um, you know, blacks that were buying tickets and coming in and supporting the sport. And I said to him, that there are people who live within a few blocks of this place and don't feel that they should come in or that they could come in. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, motorsports, going back in our history, and uh, you probably know a little bit about this, but many of us don't, but we started racing when racing began. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, uh, you know, I talked about our 99 that we put on our car in honor of Ray Joe Jack, you know, Dewey Gaston from, from Texas, uh, this guy started racing when he was 15, 16 years old, and um, 
was really, really good. Uh, by the time he got to a point where he was winning races, he asked at that time the AAA, Automobile Association of America, he asked them if he could run the 500. I think they refused him over a dozen times, refused his application in the 20s for only one reason, because of his skin color. Uh, same thing happened with Charlie Wiggins here in Indianapolis. So we've got a long history of being in the sport, but it, we have not been welcomed in. So when I mentioned that to uh, to Roger, he said, I just can't believe it. That really hurts me that people will not feel welcome coming in here. And I said, well, think of it this way. If uh, I walk by your house, you know, every day, and, you know, you never, uh, I know that I'm not supposed to go in. you got a fence around your house. And for years, my grandparents saw signs that said, you know, no colors or no blacks allowed. And then one day the sign is gone and the fence is open. Do you think I'm just going to automatically walk in? No, I'm not. I said, what you need now, the fence is open, but we need an invitation. And so I think that's what moved him to say, let's work together and figure out how we can invite people in. So Force Indy is as is much about racing and winning, and I don't want to de-emphasize that because that's what I'm all about. Um, it is as much about welcoming. When we talk about inclusion and all the catchwords, um, I think for me it's invitation. And if I can have you and your brother and sister and mom and aunt and uncle go, you know what, hey, there's a black team, maybe we can follow them and see what they're into in this sport, um, that becomes an entree. That becomes an opportunity for us to get involved in the sport. So now there's some history, as you said, with, uh, with black folks in racing, uh, whether it's uh, open wheel or stock cars. And around here, uh, just this year, of course, Michael Jordan uh, announced that uh, he was starting uh, a cup team. Uh, and so uh -huh. that's, that's heralded as, as, as big news because, well, frankly, ownership is where the money comes from. And so to have a black owner is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. It's it's happened before in IndyCar. Uh, I guess Mark Laidler uh, with 310 Racing and George Mack, a black driver, uh, participated uh, in the Indy 500 uh, not more than a decade or so ago. Uh, so, yeah, oh, three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there is – some history there, but when you look at open wheel racing outside of Lewis Hamilton or George Mack or Willie T. Ribs, the glamour position is the driver, and there haven't right. been an awful lot of black drivers at any level on that ladder leading to the Indy 500 or even Formula One outside of Lewis Hamilton, who is pretty much unbeatable these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, there are so few opportunities for um, the, the black team. And when I say that, the, the success for us, I think, is going to be twofold. One, we have been introduced to the world, you know, at least here in America, but I've gotten – I've gotten congratulations from from over both both oceans, which is pretty impressive. 
Uh, and uh, I think the folks are going, okay, let's see what these guys can do. How can I help? How can I support? And that's where you start, you know, with fans. I've asked so many people that ask me about swag, and we're getting our merchandising out there. I mean, that's that's little dollars, but what's really – it's not about the money. It's really about the, the visibility and us being being out there where folks can see us. Um, but there, there, I'll be honest with you, there have been a couple more. There was um, Doc Logan who had a team. Uh, actually, Lynn Miller with the, the Black Racers Association, I think it was Black Racers Association, they called themselves, back in the day, um, in the 70s. Uh, there have been efforts, but those efforts have, have always fallen short when it came to either sponsorship support mm-hmm. or uh, talent in the in in the garage and paddock uh, to to a point where you can get to the top levels. You know, Wendell Wendell Scott. You yeah. know, one know, you know drag, Yeah, yeah, and and they were they were doing everything, man, and were you know spitting at them and throwing tomatoes and all the other stuff. But hey, in, in all fairness, there were those white guys that said, "Hey, let me help this guy out." Mm-hmm. You know, we you know he's he's good, and he is to to my knowledge still is the only african-american to win a stock car race yep you know you know i guess bubba came close what he went second at daytona last year a year a couple years ago or something right and he won in trucks and he won in trucks Mm -hmm. but but in terms of the top you know yeah the top level level. right yeah and then bill lester ran he Mm -hmm. ran trucks Uh, so there are a lot of guys that have run fewer fewer teams um and we're hoping to have both we're having you know we've got the team infrastructure uh with with our uh, guys in the garage and we're going to have you know i'm still vetting uh drivers right now i want someone young that can grow with us um and and there there is some of that talent out there i want to help develop that talent but i'm looking long term i mean i'm looking three four or five years which is forever in racing yeah um to, to still be out here so that, you know, Herb, you give me a call and say, hey, Rod, what's going on? And a year from now, I don't want you to say, well, you know, we tried. No, I want, I want to be able to report, you know what, we've done well, we've performed well, you know, maybe, maybe we've even won some races. I don't have any illusions about how hard it's going to be. It's going to be difficult to win even in this level uh, just because uh, there are a lot of dollars being pumped into the sport. And, and we've got to we've got to get sponsorship to uh, to support that. But I think um, uh, you know we've we've come a long way. And I actually had a chance to to chat with uh, uh, to Michael Jordan's uh, general manager. He and I are both um, you know we're we're happen, both happen to be in the same fraternity, and we've talked, and we're just trying to to make sure we stay close and and understand what's going on in the sport and how we can benefit by we're going to be competitive if we're racing together but outside of that we just want to be able to move forward and grow in the sport now when you talk about uh, getting underway uh, you will compete uh, starting next year and you will be in the cooper tires usf 2000 championship right uh, so where is that that's, on the, on, the on the ladder to indycar and the Indy yeah. So if you think of it as a pyramid, and the base of the pyramid 
when we think of uh, most of the racing, when I say open wheel, most of the open wheel racing in this country is in go-karts, uh, believe it or not. I mean, we got go-karts, shifter carts that will run over 100 miles an hour. So it's just because it's a go-kart, don't think it's not pretty uh, dynamic racing. It's not a lawnmower but engine. Not a lawnmower engine, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got some, uh, you know, whether it's a Yamaha or uh, some of those other uh, engines, or even Honda has a, a good one. We use Honda engines. Um, they can scoot. I mean, those things can move, and there's a lot of talent that's come. I would guess that if you look at the IndyCar paddock, uh, I would say that m- more than three quarters, and it, I bet you it's, it's maybe even closer to seven eighths of those drivers all came up through go karts. So there's the go kart race going on in this country every weekend. I mean, I got a call today about something going on down in Florida. So there's always, so if you start there at the base, then you step up, you usually go from the go karts to cars. The first thing that happens is you end up. Uh, with a Formula Ford is the name of it, and that would basically be a race car that has no wings. And then they formally created this ladder system that's called the Road to Indy. And that Road to Indy is made up of the USF 2000, which is what we're going to be racing, and that is the first winged car. So it has downforce. So it has wings, you know, and and front and back. And, And then... So we're at the, the, the bottom level of the road to Indy. The next is uh, Indy Pro 2000. The next is Indy Lights and then IndyCar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you think of it that way, we're three steps away from, uh, from IndyCar. So now, you, you can skip a little bit depending on talent, but right. for the most part, people will try to, to do that in progression. So if you use the baseball analogy, uh, USF 2000 yeah. is single A. Triple A. Single yeah, single A. Excuse me, mm-hmm. single A ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, then double A would be pro, the Indy Pro 2000. Triple A would be Indy Lights, and then you go to the majors. Okay. So then, NASCAR has had its diversity program for quite some time, and it's had its share uh-huh. of graduates: uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, uh-huh. Eric Almarola, you know, the, to name a couple of, uh, of the graduates. Um, do you look at what NASCAR has done for stock car racing uh, with drivers and uh, crew members and just support people for those teams? And do you look at that and say, well, you know what, we can take some of what they've done and apply it with Force Indy? You know, I've been around long enough to, to know when that program was started and the efforts that have been made and some of the people that have come and gone in it. The um, one thing that I would say that has uh, really been a positive about that program is that they've kind of shown a way, let's call it one way, that this can happen by trying to get the series uh, involved um, because the series, you know, NASCAR uh, has put dollars behind that program and, and the, uh, the overall effort. The one challenge that they have had, which is the challenge in racing all, uh, as a whole, is that they really couldn't put the kind of dollars behind it to make a team. 
they would say, okay, we're going to support the program where we will introduce folks. And I think they had the equivalent of what would be a shootout. I think they had a TV show, and they had all kinds of stuff to bring folks up. But what's surprising is that the folks that have been able to come out of that program are still the ones who were financially able. It wasn't based on talent. And that's the problem with, with, with motorsports as a whole, is that we are a pay-to-play sport as opposed to a talent-based sport. Mm-hmm. So that said, that's the thing that I'm hoping would be a, a game-changer, a differentiator, because we're going out saying that we're going to raise dollars to build the team to go out and hire or the talent or give the talent an opportunity without asking them to bring money. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And you I see mean, that all the time. I, I can say every, there are people that don't believe that we're doing that. They're, they really don't. They're thinking, Oh, you know, he's not going to do that. But yeah, that's my thing is I'm trying to make it good for these other kids. You know, I'm just, I'm the behind the scenes guy, even though everybody's been putting me up front. I'm really, let's, let's make this thing work. And that's one of the things that you hear race fans complain about. Of course, race fans complain about all kinds of stuff. But, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but when you look at the paying programs versus the renting programs, there is that difference. Uh-huh. If, if somebody brings a check, yeah, you can get a seat, and no matter your skill level. But you talk about the, the actual teams that pay their drivers, and have budgets already built out. They seem to be the more successful ones. Uh, Pinsky, obviously, yeah. he obviously. pays his drivers. Yeah. Uh, Ganassi is, well, at least they pay Scott Dixon. <laughs> you know, everybody else. Andretti Autosport is, is one of those teams that can have a mix a little bit there. But yeah. When, yeah. when you talk about that, money is the king when it comes to motorsports as opposed to talent, which for stick and ball sports, is all about that talent and who can recruit the most talent to their squad. So, right. I, I'm, so I'm asking that in terms of, you know, is that, especially when you're talking about a group that has been historically marginalized, not just in auto racing, but in American society, you know, how heavy a lift is that going to be where if your job, your goal is to find talent, how do you go about finding talent in a marginalized community? The thing we have done and that I work on every day is I look at, well, what is the foundation of the foundational education of those that are going to be involved with Force Indy? So I started with those that I knew, um, I've got a young man who's an engineer. He graduated just this past May from Purdue University with honors and a degree in mechanical and automotive engineering. His foundation puts him ahead of the game of, I bet you, a lot of the teams, even at the IndyCar level, because he has an education that can easily step him into motorsports. The difference between that young man graduating from Purdue and, let's say, his counterpart, Ryan Newman. I don't know if you knew this. Ryan Newman graduated from Purdue as well. I can't remember if it was in engineering or not. But, you know, Ryan Newman's, you know, a NASCAR star. Mm -hmm. Um, 
someone looked at him and said, ah, this, this kid can race, let me keep working with him. But they would have overlooked this young man that I'm working with because they would have said, well, you don't have any motorsports experience. Of course you don't. You know, where are you going to get it? So now I can pair him with those folks who are in the, in the industry, like the mentorship that we're getting from Team Penske, and say, okay, here's what an engineer is doing and what they look like on the professional side. Let's, let's take a look and see if you can share with him, you know, shadow, if you will, and understand what's being done. And then we can take that even beyond and say, okay, I'll put you on my team. Now we're going to actually, at this level, where we, we don't have to perform like IndyCar, you know, but at this level, we're starting to learn and we're going to grow with every step. Same thing with the, the driver or same thing with the mechanic. Um, the, the, my mechanic is, is a guy, a kid that uh, grew up through my NXT Youth Motorsports program, and he went to high-performance engine school. So he's coming out already, and he liked to race, and that's why he studied that. So he is ready. He, he knows his way around the toolbox, as they say. So that kind of development is something that I'm interested in doing for us that, believe it or not, the white teams have been doing for years with their kids. Mm-hmm. But it's ironic, though, that you, you know, if you go to any kind of motorsports uh, chat room or website, you know, you'll see that there's a certain – let's say, uh, resistance maybe, uh, to be charitable uh-huh. about this. It's like, well, it's somehow a handout when, on yeah. the other hand, you have uh, an all-women's uh, racing series. Uh, racing team, series. yeah, Formula but, W. Yeah, that's, that's set up specifically for women. And why is it that there is that resistance or that or that train of thought that somehow – this is a handout, so you know, and, and uh, that in America it's not needed in 2020, almost 2021, where you can, you nobody's going to stop you from doing anything because it's against the law to discriminate against people. You know, what do you say to those folks? Well, the first thing I say to them is going back to what we talked about earlier uh, in the program is that whole welcoming and open and being open. So I'm saying that you've got to start. I think it's good for the sport. I, that's the first thing I say is that how, how is it that you're going to have a sport that's competitive? You don't want the best of the best. You have been denying some of the best since the beginning and have never changed policy or practice to get some of the best talent. And when I say that, I'm talking about the raw fundamental talent and folks who are interested. I can tell you in in the years I've been doing this, I know hundreds if not thousands of people who love motorsports that are black. And they tell me all the time, oh, when I was 13, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. Now, I'll be honest with you, a large portion of it has to do with the dollars. You're talking about anywhere from the top one, two percent of income earners in this country uh, have their kids going in. I mean, I look at the Max Verstappens and the Lance Strolls in, in Formula One. Those those guys, their dads own teams and, and have a lot of money that they can put behind their kids. And we have the same thing going on here in America. 
mean, you, you know them, the ones who have had, and that doesn't mean they're not good drivers. Just means that have had those opportunities. They've been exposed um, to it. They've been exposed to it. But for us, and then, there are so many people in this sport that have not been given that opportunity and included uh, part of it because there's no history, there's no culture. So if you think about it, basketball at one point was exactly the same way. Uh, and I recall talking to an older gentleman about. Uh, a game that happened in 1966, which was one of the first times a black school played a white school, a college, I think it was Loyola. And, um, and he played in that game, and he was talking about the ribbing that that school got for allowing a black kid on the, on the court. Now, that's unheard of today. You can't even think about a basketball game. You, you, as a matter of fact, you're looking for where's the white guy. Um, well, we're the same way with the exception of there has been no inclusion. We have been left out, and now they're saying, oh, well, you can come in, but the ticket is so high we can't get in. We don't have the cultural aspect where parents um, have had kids for years and years and years going down to the corner instead of playing basketball that you, you're, you're driving go-karts. Um, so, and it is a different sport. I mean, let's be honest. If, if we were sitting here talking about yachting, when's the last time you heard somebody black and yachting? Um, so, so uh, I understand that. But I think it still comes back down to that inclusion and that invitation. So when they say now it's a handout, to your point, um, my, my point is, well, nobody's given us anything. I wouldn't be in this position had I not been doing this for all these years. Yeah. You know, this is not, I, I didn't, like I said, this is not my first, second, or third rodeo. So can I give you an idea of whether, the, A, is there a timeline? And B, what would it look like? I'm thinking along the lines of, well, within five or ten years, I would like for this program to have done this. And I know that there's always different types of of uh, avenues to success. Um, uh-huh. Does it does that include drivers? Does that include recruiting people to own teams along the ladder? Uh, does it include support personnel, whether it's engineers or or over the wall folks? What does it look like? For me, it's uh, it starts here with us being able to take this first year, uh, perform with the, you know, what I'm calling the, the, the folks in the garage, uh, that's, that would be the mechanics and the engineers, uh, the communication and administrative people. It also includes my hiring. When we made the announcement, I mentioned uh, uh, an African-American female-owned PR firm based in Nashville. Uh, Tennessee, she, you know, we hired her as a PR firm. Um, I'm looking at others in the business, whether that's a CPA or folks that you don't even think of that would be um, part of the, if you will, part of the team or part of the family. I'm working with now uh, a gentleman that owns a simulator company uh, that because right now uh, simulation and e-racing is huge. Mm-hmm. And this is a brother that's had this company for years. So I'm bringing him to the forefront. Um, so part of that is both 
hiring within Forest Indy, and then the also our procurement practices. The other thing that I'm doing is I'm looking towards sponsors that that can be diverse. So yeah, we're 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 looking for that big sponsor, and that's probably going to be some corporation. In my NXC Youth Motorsports Corporation, we've had Lucas Oil for a lot of years. I need someone like that that can put some financial muscle behind what we're doing. But I'm also trying to cultivate African American businesses. And in the next two to three years, I'd like for us to be at Indy in some way, form, or fashion. Whether that's uh, people that have come up through the fourth Indy ranks and um, they've been placed at, in teams. Say if you got, got somebody placed at Penske or somebody placed at Ganassi um, or Andretti that is there being a mechanic or being a, the, the, the race car driver or being in the, in, in the office. But folks throughout, as we just said earlier, the garage, the paddock, the pit, and the cockpit, I think that's important that we look at it broadly. So five to ten years from now, I'd like to look back and say, man, I would have never, you know, we, we would have never thought having a race without black teams. Yeah. And even to that, you, you know, think of this as, well, you know what, we're going to get some scrutiny here too because uh-huh. the bottom line is is always going to be winning. And right. if the quote-unquote black team doesn't win, what does this say? Or is it, yeah. or is it a lot like in, again, using the baseball analogy, um, in the minor leagues, it's not necessarily about winning games as much as it is about developing talent that you can kick upstairs to the next level. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good analogy. Uh, we are trying to get talent to kick up to the next level. We just hope that, that as we grow, we start to kick up to the next level too as an organization. So, um, uh, that's that's a very strong piece of it. The other thing is, you know, we've been talking about baseball a little bit. Think back, you know, when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. You know, we had had, um, uh, you know, the Negro Leagues. We had talent all over the place. Um, and, you know, so and, – and, and, and people would argue that, that Jackie Robinson was just one of a couple, three or four people that could have been in that position, but his temperament uh, was such that – he was probably a good choice and, and taking nothing away from his talent. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not that I'm just saying there were other talented uh, individuals. More talented. Uh, and, I'm sorry. More talented. More. T- yeah. Yeah. So, so when you think of it that way, um, I, I would love for it to be perceived that way, but I, I have a feeling because it's so competitive and it's such an individualized sport that people are going to like, mm, see, they couldn't do it. Now, when I say couldn't do it, we, without putting a whole lot of pressure on on on, on our team, which we, more than what we already have, um, my intention is for us to, to to put the car up front to show well. I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't have it as well. I got to have so many podium finishes and you know so many you know fast laps. It's not that. Uh, I just want to be able to, when we step out there, people say, you know what, the, those guys have a, put together a really good effort because you better believe every announcer is going to go through 
through the paddock and stop and go, oh, here's Force Indy. How are they doing today? I see your, you know, X number on the grid. Uh, what's going on with you guys? You know, um, I can tell you this. We're not going to be last. You know, um, we may not be first, but we will not be last. So I think it's it's that kind of thinking that uh, is going to give us some success. But at the end of the day, yeah, we 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 got to put the car uh, uh, on the we got to put the driver and, and and our team on the podium. There's no question about it. Well, here's hoping that uh, you will do exactly that starting in 2021 uh, USF 2000 Championship. On the road to Indy, in order to get to Indy, <laughs> you've got to do the first mile. So it's the first <laughs> Thank mile. You. And I sincerely hope that you will enjoy your time in North Carolina. It's uh, it's lovely weather today. It's uh, 60, 64 degrees right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so come on down to North Carolina enjoy it. And uh, <laughs> we, will, we will check on your progress as the uh, – as the open wheel season gets underway in 2021. And uh, we are talking to Mr. Force Indy himself, Rod Reed, <laughs> the guy who has, has launched this initiative to increase African-American presence in open wheel racing in North America. Rod, thank you for joining us. And for all of our listeners out there on Queen City Podcast Network, you can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and be sure to check out our website, the mothership itself, www.thecharlottepost.com. And for Rod and the whole gang at the office, wherever you may be, my name is Herb White. Thanks for listening. Sport Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.